Welcome in. It's the Advent Health High Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Chapman. It is Friday, August 18th. The Magic schedule just dropped yesterday, so we've got hoops on the mind. If you want to go through win-loss, win-loss, that'll be another podcast. We're not going to do that today, but Magic Basketball will be back before you know it, the 35th anniversary season, and we cannot wait to get started. Today, we catch up where we get to know one of the newest members of the Magic front office. And frankly, he's a legend in the field of sports science, injury prevention, conditioning, all of those things that Magic fans want to hear. Arnie Kander has nearly a quarter century of NBA experience. He brings it to Central Florida as the Magic's new vice president of player performance and wellness. And he joins me here today. Arnie, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate the time. And you are in Boulder, Colorado. Is that correct? I'm in Boulder. Yeah, just had a couple players out here. They just left uh, yesterday, actually this morning, one and yesterday, the other. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to show the mountains to these uh, young guys. I was um, I was looking on Instagram. Were you guys doing yoga at Red Rocks? Is that what that was? That was yoga. How about that? Over 2000 people. So is uh, that, does that happen? Is that like every Saturday morning or something like that they do it? Yeah, kind of crazy timing. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've lived in Boulder for five years and I've been to Red Rocks once. (laughs) And so, saw an amazing concert with my kids. And um, I was telling um, Kivan about uh, Red Rocks and Chuma, Chuma, because Chuma sings and he's got this passion for singing. And I said, man, you should really check out Red Rocks. And I said, well, I'm going to look and see because these guys came in a week prior. We were doing some things here. And I said, let me let me look and see what's there just out of curiosity. And it said yoga um, in the morning at seven in the morning. And I'm like, wow, seven. That means from Boulder, six to get there. I said, you know, beautiful sunrise, whatever, all of that. But it's still six in the morning. (laughs) And um yeah, we ended up uh, getting, I, I offered it. There were four guys. It was Anthony. Um, actually, at that point, Jet was here. Jet went back, but it was Anthony, Yvonne, and Chuma. And I said, well, I will be in the lobby at 6 if you're awake and ready to roll. And uh, I was there at 545. All three were there in the lobby waiting to go to yoga. And uh, have you been to Red Rocks before? Yeah, but just uh, when I was out there, I just went and checked it out. I didn't see a show yeah. there. I just went and saw it. Pretty amazing place, right? Cool. It's very cool. I would love yeah, to see a concert so, there. So imagine, like, you know, we, we were at top and we walked down in and they're looking out at this expansive view with the mountains in the background. And you've got four instructors down there. And the energy of 2,000 people doing salutation, you know, breathing and warrior one, warrior two, and... And it was really, for me, God, it was incredible because those three were in a row in front. I was in the next row up. So I got a chance to watch and I'm like, wow, they're actually pretty good (laughs) for young, you know, especially uh, Anthony. I'm like, how long have you been doing yoga for? And he goes, "Uh, not long, like a month. And I'm like, well, your learning curve is super high because it was very impressive. And then even more so was at the end, they did kind of a vinyasa, you know, just the calming and the lay on your back and image what you want and, you know, create this amazing day. And to, again, feel the energy, you could hear the breathing of, I mean, that many people because they were like, exaggerate the breath. And I don't know if it was the mountains or the acoustics of Red Rocks, but it literally, you could feel the vibration. Cool. But probably more important was when we left to be able to talk about it. 
Mm. Right. And ask what their experience was and how my, my big thing with athletes is, can you expand out? Right. Basketball is, of course, it's, it's what they are going to get paid a lot of money to do. And they're going to hopefully have a really long, successful career, but where can you learn more? Right. Where can you grow? Where can you expand? And I was like, wow, if you can't expand from this one, you know, this is a pretty, and then we, I'm like, you guys want to go to breakfast in Morrison I'm like, it's it's kind of a small little town, you know? And so we pull in and there's moose on the wall and caribou <laughs> and they're looking, they're like, okay, this looks cool. And all the people are looking at, you know, 6'8 and 6'8 and 6'5 and me and like, what the heck are these you guys fit doing in. here? Yeah, <laughs> but we fit in perfectly. And then uh, Chuma was great. He goes, this is the best breakfast I think I've ever had ever. It always so, tastes better at 8 a.m. when you've already got a workout in, doesn't it? I think you're right. I think the yoga <laughs> stimulated the appetite 100%. But no, it was – and I we we do a medical trip. Like they come out, and I've got a, a place here that I really like that we, we look at kind of the whole body. We do this whole investigation into nutrition. We measure everything, you know, what's what proteins, what things might be missing. We look at their gut. We do brain mapping. Um, so we do a really deep dive and I've done this with a bunch of NBA players. And for me, it's like, let's not miss anything, you know, let's not. And I don't care if you're a rookie or you're a, you know, 20 years in the league or 10 years in the league, I guess for us, um, let's not miss a thing. If there's, it's easy to say, I'll give you a great story. When back in Detroit, we had a player, Tayshaun Prince, right. Mm -hmm. And Tayshaun was an Ironman. The guy never missed games, like, you what, know, just 800 straight games or something like that. Yeah. Incredible. I, I don't think that many, but <laughs> it was a lot, but it was a lot though. No, it was a lot. I think it was in the four hundreds, which okay, is yeah, yeah. crazy, right? Not quite that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when would you hear a guy? I think the one guy maybe that was with Brooklyn um, now, I, I think Bridges. he's a guy like, yeah, like that's, that's and Franz a, and Franz is a guy. He hasn't played that yeah. consecutive amount of games, but he's a guy it, it matters to. And that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's different, you know, like it's it's a different uh, time, but I don't I don't say it's a different time. I think you look at it the same way. What are all the things you can do to look at the equation? So back with Tayshawn, we did a mini version of this and we looked at gut biome. We looked at all sorts of things and we found a few things, you know, nothing crazy. And um one of them in his diet was we found he had a really high sensitivity to really healthy things, almonds, eggs, and he had one also to blueberries. And so, you know, we had an amazing chef um, in Detroit and he was making him this incredible free range egg omelet. So eggs, he was making him a great smoothie with almond, almond milk, and we had additional almonds we put in, blueberries for sure. So we are kind of hitting him with things that his body didn't do well, but on paper, it looked like a super healthy nutritional program. Wow. And so Tay used to always carry this little bit of swelling in his right knee, never kept him out of a game, um, but just, you know, I would treat it. It would be better. So he comes to me a week after we just changed his, we tweaked his uh, food program slightly, and he comes back and he goes, Arn, Arn, he goes, check out my knee. This is the first time since high school that I do not have swelling. So it's, the body, meaning that if there's something in there that the body is fighting or maybe is saying this, this is something that produce antibody, the same inflammation doesn't know knee from food. So next thing you know, you could have a knee, ankle, gut, right? Brain. So it's just looking at I'm 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 the type that look at everything. These are non-invasive. These are great ways to look at the entire package. 
But probably the bigger deal for me is within the time of players coming here is to get to know them, you know, mm. because, you know, you go into a training site and yes, you get time and you're on the road, you get time. There's nothing like two or three people at a table after an experience, right? Whether it's Red Rocks or there, we will go up to here in Boulder, we go to a place called Lookout Point and we look at the Continental Divide and you're talking 14ers and snow still in August up on the mountains. And again, the perspective is, can you see this large perspective? Because at game 52, at game 40, forget basketball and life, this perspective might not be there. You might not have this clarity, this beautiful blue sky, but can you come back to this vision? Can you come mm. back to this level of clarity? And can you come back to, it's like we train breath work, we train you know, meditation, those are in very predictable, relaxed environments, right? But we still have to do it to train the brain and train the nervous system how to unwind or come down within the fire, within the action. But we also have to train within meditation to be able to do it when other things happen, meaning like like we will be up there and I'll, I'll be talking to them and I'll say, we, I had a player actually last season that came up and I, it couldn't have been a, a better scenario. We're doing this vision. We're talking about relaxation and centering and grounding and whatever, all these words. Next thing you know, some gentleman comes over the side and he's yelling and screaming. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, look at this beautiful view. Why are you yelling and screaming? And he goes, my football team, my football team is doing terrible this year. And we're like, your football team, what are you talking about? And so we wanted to get a little deeper, like, so what football team and what do you mean by this? And he goes, well, it's the Colts. Every year they start off awful. Every year. And that was it. He walked off. And I looked at the athlete. I said, this is the real world. Meaning you can sit here and, you know, you can do the ohm, you know, whatever. And you could have this peaceful experience. But this is life. This is what you'll face. This is what you'll face in the road. This is what you'll face beyond basketball can you still come back to this vision? Can you still come back to this feeling of centered, this feeling of relaxation when things aren't going well? You know, I remember Rip Hamilton back in the day was like, oh, for 15 in a game and it was a playoff game. And, you know, I would always go in the huddles and do something, you know, and come up and hit his knees with these, I had this pouch and I'd have these remedies and I'd come up and dab him. And I'm, I'm like, how you doing my friend? How you doing? He goes, man, I cannot wait for number 16. And bam, 16 shot clean, 17 shot clean. We ended up winning. And that's the mentality, right? That's the bigger mentality that you try to tell young athletes is see the see the larger view versus, oh, man, I, I, I missed a couple of shots. Or, oh, I, I messed up. Oh, I had a turnover. Oh, I this, this, ah, all of that. Can you come back to actually like be better at the larger view? which is challenging for younger people, right? Yeah, younger athletes. I think it's challenging for younger people. I think it's it's probably more challenging every day of our existence with all of the noise that we all have to deal with. Absolutely. You're talking about, you've been around long enough, heck I have, that the, the amount of pressure that these kids are dealing with, it, it just gets ratcheted up. I mean, now all of a sudden you're 17, you got the weight of the world on your shoulders. How has it changed? I mean, you're, you're telling stories they, we're talking about 18 years ago with Rip and Tayshawn. Mm -hmm. um, are, are, are younger athletes more, it seems to me, just from the outside looking in, are they more receptive to to um, the different sort of strategies and, and, and just mental health and awareness 
in that moment than than maybe your average NBA athlete was 15 years ago? Yeah, I, I the only I mean, for me, I guess the bigger change is what you just said a second ago is the amount of stimulus that goes on in the world like cell phones were were back then. Right. I don't even know if they were existing you know, yeah. and, it, and it, if they it, were flip phones and, and, and we yes. use them to call people. Is, is That's what we right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I was back in the day with the thing that did this right where you would do that and then pick it up. But I, I to me the human the human side has not changed it has not and if you relate to an athlete in a way that is more i want to get to know you right i want to get to know you so a good example is even would you would you come out here to colorado i mean i've spent most of the summer in orlando but i've chosen time periods to come here and i'll explain why don't just come out to colorado to come here let me explain number 1 we're going to do an investigation that I think will be a game changer. You'll learn, you know, you're, you're going to learn a ton of information and we could then work with that information. Um, we have an amazing staff to then give them pieces of the information. So again, it's like making a larger staff have all this stuff to bring them together also. Um, but I think it still comes back to just conversation, connection to an athlete, like talking to them about, yeah, I've seen, Lots of I've seen championship teams. I've seen not so great teams. I've seen what it takes to win in this league, the fine line, right? Or the big drop off. And at the end of the day, it really comes back to routine, strategy, consistency, and belief. Mm. And those haven't changed. Those haven't changed. So what do we give athletes? We give them really good routines that relate to that athlete. And it makes sense to the athlete. I've seen this so much consulting in the league the last four years where I'll come in and watch and an athlete does something. And a couple of times I've asked the athlete, that's a great drill. I love what you're doing. Do you know why you're doing it? Do you understand? And the athlete will point to the strength code or the he development. Told he told me. He told me to do it. I said, that means this. You respect him and you like him. What it also tells me is it's not your drill yet. Not yet. Because once you understand what that drill is about and why I have you doing that drill, you take ownership over that drill. Yep. Yep. Now I can come back. And if you're not doing it the way, is that the way you want to do this drill? Because it's your drill. It's not mine. I will be there to, or my staff or whoever will be there to tap you, whatever it is, to pull you back to what you need to do. But what's going to happen on the court when the accountability is there? And Coach Mosley is like expecting that. We train that all the time right? We, yeah, that's it. We train it all the time from the moment they walk in, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a business I've seen again, more so not just Orlando and I'd say less in Orlando, but more so other teams I've come in and done short consulting, you know, Detroit, I did some with the Clippers. I did some with Cleveland and it, and again, no right or wrong, right? Everyone has a way of doing things, but players are more like fix me, take care of me. Mm. And I'm like, we'll help you in the process learn to fix and take care of yourself. Yeah. And so meaning, I'm not just saying we're going to push you out there and say, good luck. No, no, absolutely. We'll give you many, many strategies. But what we're trying to do is literally train the neuro, train the brain to say, to be better at what I do, I have to be stronger between the ears. Mm. And once I learn what I have to do in terms of preparation, because it's amazing, laying on your back and having someone rub and stretch and manual therapy and blah, 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 all good stuff. But I always tell athletes, you're in a passive go-to-sleep position. You now have to get up and take 
ownership over this room. So we'll set up stations you go into and you work your ankles, you work your hips, and we get to watch it. And a lot of times we don't. It's like, no, I expect you to be able to do this. I want to walk by you and just say, great job. You look amazing. Hey, watch the hip a little bit. Push that in. Great. You got it. There you go. Watch that arm. You know, you're not finishing high. You're a little bit out. Shot's going to get blocked. Oh, okay, great. If you bring it back to basketball, the majority of the time, these guys are geniuses at what they do, right? They're, they're marvels. If we turn it into science only and make it about, well, in the posterior kinetic chain, if we rotate and the axis is here, the guy's like, I don't know. What, okay, let me let me just get through this. You might find a one athlete out of a thousand that will get it, but the majority want to know how this will impact them on the basketball court. And, and then you know, how it impacts their health, right? These are the things that I think are super, super important. We're not going to hit you with 90. We're going to hit you with three or four. Yeah. And you have to really master three or four. You're not going to master nine or 10 things. There's no way. There's no way. They are so... So much stuff coming at these guys, um, whether it's social media, right? Whether it's long days. I mean, I'm from the era and, and I can't because I was you know, 15 when I retired, but then I've been back doing this and consulting and still work with NBA players. The biggest thing that I've been told by players, too much comes at them. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, well, explain that. What do you mean too much comes at you? Well, think about if you looked at our championship picture in 04, there weren't many people in that picture, right? Right. If the Orlando Magic win the championship this upcoming season, right, let's hope, um, if they do, that picture is going to be pretty big, right? Yep. So you have a lot of chefs, and we have amazing chefs, like meaning everyone's got to have a little bit of an influence here and there. With that, Orlando's so fortunate to have Coach Mosley, who is the head chef, and he understands how to season, how to allow someone to come in and you know, be the sous chef, you know, whatever. I'm putting it based on food. But really, he's allowing everyone to be brilliant at what they do. And the outcome is predictable. The issue becomes if you allow too much to happen and the outcome is non-predictable. Now you don't even know where, where do we go? Do we go to coaching, development, weightlifting, nutrition, manual therapy, uh, massage therapy, uh, psych, psych therapy, like which one of these could impact this person? And do we know, are they all creating the same? Are we, are we going towards the same endpoint? And I think when you can do that with a group and have these deeper conversations within the groups and, and nothing's not spoken about, right? Because we're only as good as the collective whole. And when that happens, I feel like we take away a lot of that overstimulus on athletes because each one of us isn't trying to overdo, right? Like, oh, you come to me. Oh, I have to do something. Oh, right. I go over here. Well, in the conversation, maybe it's, hey, coach, today we we hit him pretty hard in the weight room. Can we lessen on the court? So today it's mostly spots. Can we get a lot of cerebral, a lot of thinking? Oh, great, great, great. Hey, Arn, what do you think about this? Today I wanted to do this. So next thing you know, you have Tador or Callan or Daniel, you know, whoever the multitude of brilliant people saying, oh, we'll lessen what we do because you need this. But it's this communication and this this group thing that I think in the NBA could be very, very challenging. But I would say Orlando's as good as I've seen, mm. as good as I've seen of just and again, that that starts well, it starts with Jeff Weltman. You know, I mean, it really starts from the top because he's the one that's pieced together the people that are going to do this the way that uh, really represents 
um, you know, kind of an initial thought, and then you bring the people in to do it. And I've seen, I mean, brilliance. I've seen so much brilliance in Orlando, great communication, openness, um, the, the, the athlete number one, right? But not misconstrued like we're going to baby this athlete or we're going to pamper this at that not that number one no 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 meaning we will do everything in our power like people joked with me they said Arnie you're so old school and you're gonna ah and I said yeah but I'm a scientist I've been a scientist since like I was the voodoo guy when I came in the league you know I was doing things back then that people are like what are you doing I said no there's a lot of science behind it we're just not gonna we're just gonna do it you know because the athlete believes in it they trust it they like it and I think, I mean, in today's day and age, you have to have a little bit of both, right? You have to have that gritty, tough, get after it. There's no pampering. This is a tough business, right? It is a very, it's on wood. There's very minimal padding. Um, it's a hard game. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we have to bring it all together. You have to bring science. You have to bring in, um, probably at the base of all of it, it comes back to the same thing, communication and the human relationship. And if you can do that, I think the outcome's pretty good. My parents are educators, and I I need I'm a a, a, a whole to part learner. There are part to whole learners and whole to part mm -hmm. learners, and mm -hmm. I need to have the whole in order to understand what my little cog in the in, in the mm -hmm. wheel means. And so I think probably and and again, people learn different ways. But the what is always important if you're an athlete. I think the why is very, very important, especially to younger athletes, because they're, so, they're probably so much smarter and more intelligent because they've been dealing with all of this, because they've been, you know, on regimen since the time they're 10, 12 years old. They need to know how exactly this is going to help me. And so I think that's probably the only way to illustrate that is what you're talking about is communication, is everybody being on the same page from the top down. And like you said, Arnie, you're talking about staffs of 15, 20, 25, 30 people now. Um, it's got to be really difficult for Jeff, for you, you know, for everybody, for Coach Mosley on down the line to keep everybody on on the same page, I would think for you, management has been something you've had to develop over the course of your career, especially if you think back to to to, to 04 or heck, you started in 92. I mean, uh, you're talking about three, four man staffs back then, right? Two, just me and Mike Abdenauer. <laughs> <laughs> love, love Mike Abdenauer. If anybody can handle it, it's you and Abs. But, but, but seriously, I mean, that's, you know, you had one guy for tape and one guy for x-rays or whatever back then, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you can now take... And you could also look at it. We have so many incredibly intelligent, open-minded people to listen and hear, but you have to have a common theme, right? And if you like, if you go to coach Mosley, he'll have a theme of what he wants this season to be about, whether we're a push team or we're a, you know, high motor, great defensive team. Um, he'll have a defensive cop. We'll have our defensive coaches and our offensive coaches, but he'll have the big spectrum, right? Of what this is about. Same for mine is I have certain things that I believe in. I will never cut. I don't cut a corner in anything, mm. but there's some things that we always reinforce about position, alignment, breath, balance, core. You know, like, are you there? Are you doing it? Each player is treated uniquely. Like, it's no, you're not going to treat Ben Wallace like Lindsey Hunter, you know, no different. I'm not going to treat Wendell Carter, you know, like Markel Fultz, you know, Jonathan Isaac. Each one's unique. Each one, you watch a ton of film, you know, that was one thing interesting to come in. You know, I'm only basketball. That's all I've done for over 30 years, right? I've been around basketball, basketball. And so with my staff, I'm like, 
they're so smart. And I'm like, I want you guys, to, and it doesn't mean you have to be like Pete Maravich out there, you know, and handle a basketball that way or shoot it, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever, some of Steph Curry, but, um, at, or Gary Harris. But at the end of the day, um, you have to know this game really, really well. You have to know the demands of the game, not just at the science level, you know, meaning, yeah, you can determine hip angles and rotational forces and all of this, but you have to know the demands of basketball. And they do. They really do. I've got this incredible staff. And here's another thing that I think that I've seen more so um, in the last maybe seven or eight years. These guys only play basketball. Like when you interview over and over and over again, you know, over the years coming for the draft and with Detroit to help with the draft, um, you know, it would be. So when did you start playing basketball? Oh, it's three or four. When did you start AU? Oh, I was nine, eight, eight or nine. Okay. What other sports did you play? Well, I played football and baseball. When did you stop those? Oh, in the seventh and eighth grade, because basketball became my sport. Oh, so you've been doing one motor pattern, one movement pattern of twisting, torquing, jumping, boom, 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 for the last anywhere from five to 15 years. Through huh? adolescence Cartlet too, Lincoln. as your body was growing too, right? Absolutely. During very crucial points. Right. So the motor adaptions like meaning, oh, you stop playing soccer. Oh, that's an incredible eye foot sport. Right. Different forces on the body. But, you know, muscles easy. Anyone can train muscle. You know, we could bring Arnold Schwarzenegger in and he could run the whole program and we would be great. Right. I mean, just muscle connective tissue. Those the difference maker, meaning cartilage, ligament, tendon, bone. And then I had the brain meaning the more we can stimulate that in other ways. So if you walk in our practice site, we have obstacle courses. Like they have to be able to move through these courses and get over things and around things and through things very slowly, very deliberately. They step on different rocks. They have to balance, feel their feet, connect their core in the movement. So we bring it back to basketball. This is getting over a screen. This is getting under a screen. This is a Euro move. This is a traditional you know, move to the basket. This is a step back whatever it may be, this is a defensive series. Um, you know, this is getting up on somebody, this is stepping back, whatever it is. But we we try to cross train them and almost bring back something that was missed, something that was lost. Now it's not quick, right? You're not gonna get this in three weeks, four weeks, but over time, if and that was a big thing in Detroit for me all the time is they knew I brought footballs out a lot. We would practice righties and lefties and catching a football, rotational throwing, um, soccer balls, we would have like spots they had to hit a tennis ball, darts, whatever it was, something that changed the the eye look and mm. something that changed the motor mechanics, different stress on the body, but probably as important, something that was fun. You know, I'll, it, it's kind of the groundhog day of you enter a practice site. And if you came back a month later, you came back two months later and you're a visitor, you'd be like, kind of looks the same. You know, and you come back, it kind of looks the same. Well, it is the same. It's called basketball. So what we have to do is, you know, little bits here and there to, in Detroit, every Sunday, we would bring the footballs out because of football Sunday, and we'd warm up with footballs. All our warmups were, put, we'd run routes, we would do shuttle passes, and guys, my God, you would think they were prepping for the Big Ten Championship, you know, or, <laughs> or the Super Bowl, and they're sweating, and they're moving around, they're laughing, they're playing, and they're joking. And I'm like, if you can have fun and winning shouldn't predicate fun, fun should be at the roots and the base of all of it. Yep. Winning will happen. Winning will happen. You know, that's based upon what, you know, Jeff, obviously what he does, Anthony, um, you know, John Hammond, 
um, and his his role, what he was doing in the past and his current role too. Um, but winning will happen. It's just a matter of staying consistent with, you know, again, the routine, staying consistent with the conversations, asking an athlete, um, you know, how he is beyond just his body, but how he is. I mean, it's amazing how much we get into just the body, the body, the body. How's your knee? How's your ankle? Like I have, I have these things about the training room. Of course we have to, something's there or whatever we have to ask, but after that it's done. No more, yeah. no more coach comes in. You don't ask about the ankle. You don't ask about the knee. You don't, I mean, you don't draw energy or attention where the guy, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of stiff and swollen. Like right now we, we've already, we, we've spent our three minutes talking about it. Now we go into getting you into the mode of being a really good basketball player and not focusing on this, not focusing on that. But too many times it's the fear-based stuff and it's always the, oh, oh are you going to be like, ah, let's not go there. Let's just get him in the mode of routine, get him you know, like, like so resilient with this process. And I feel like when you interview so many athletes over the years and that question comes up of like, what is your routine? And so many, like if you were to ask Isaiah Thomas what his routine is, Joe Dumars, you know, Bill Ambeer, all the way through Chauncey, all the way through Brandon Knight, all the way through, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, um, any of these guys, the guys that are the best have a locked in routine. Mm. Franz Wagner, oh my gosh, like phew, routine, you know, so routine driven. Actually, the magic players, super good at routine. And, and learning more about it. Like, cause sometimes routines can like say something, but it's like, can we make that routine a little more solid? You know, can we make it make this, you can use that word and then say, well, he has a routine, but then you could watch that routine and say, but that has, that has <laughs> nothing to do with you having success. So I can't always just say routine. It's gotta be a good routine that you're doing and something that actually makes sense upon all the data stuff that we put together and probably the, the thing that gets missed a ton is our eyes seeing, you know, like here in Colorado, they send me films of every workout, my staff. So I get to watch like playing twos or ones or threes. And I get to watch at the end of the day, the film, and I can break it down and look and say, oh, I love it, love it, love it. And then call my staff and say, what do you think about this? Or how do you feel about that? Or what happened here or what happened there? And that's that's the art, right? That's the magic is literally to be able to see it all come together. And I could be here in Colorado and, and watch them train and see on the court what they're doing and see my staff. Because so many times when you see the performance world, like from the weightlifting area, let's say the strength and conditioning, the only time they get to go on the court is when they warm them up, right? Like, okay, right. that's all you get. You get that little piece. And I'm like, uh, it should be a little more, meaning that coaches should be able to come in the weight room and look and see what they're doing and even say, hey, on the court, we've noticed, you know, this because I want to hear from the, the greatest, the Chuck Daly's, the, you know, the Doug Collins, the, you know, go down all the coaches I've learned from Larry Brown, you know, Rick Carlisle's. I've learned about basketball from them by asking them questions. Coach, what do you feel about what makes a great rebounder? Like, tell me what, what creates, you know, from Chuck Daly saying, Arnie, they got to get low. They got to get their hip. You know, they got to be able to space with their arms. Huh? Why wouldn't we make the weight room reflect what makes an incredible Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace? Why would we not make the weight room reflect what a coach knows about the body on the court and have coaches come in and teach this room? How about this incredible science room being able to go to the court and talking about conditioning from a physiological level 
and be able to connect those dots. Like I think in sport, we were, you and me were speaking earlier, it's easy to say we're really, really good, but we're good in our isolated place. Right. But to be able to come together as a collective whole, that's that word again, right? The Orlando magic, but the magic, right? The magic comes together. And when that happens, man, it's fun. Yeah. Have you seen, I would imagine it'd be easy, especially with these big staffs to get sort of siloed. Okay. We've got the, we've got the strength guys over here. We've got, and, and, and that can't be, that can't serve anybody's purpose very well. You're going in that room, you're working with those people. Then you're coming out here onto the gym and you're working with the coaches. No, you're probably not doing your jobs as well as you can. If you're not having that communication, if everybody isn't on the same page, as we mentioned. Um, and, and, and like you said, when you're getting messages from all of these different people at, at 19 years old, um, I could imagine that would be problematic. I only have a few minutes yeah. up. This has been awesome, Arnie. I, I got to ask yeah. you about your new digs, the Advent Health Training Center. It's been oh, uh, go, going into year two now. I can't imagine when I was in Detroit, I was I was out at the palace in the Palace Auburn Hills, obviously holds a very special place in all of our hearts. But also I look at, at, at what where we are now and the amount of money that goes into and the amount of science and technology in that place, the amount of people smart people working there. And it really is uh, sports science has come a long way, hasn't it? My, it's bells and whistles, bells and whistles. And <laughs> there's nothing missed in that building. I can tell you that there is nothing. And just some of the concepts, I'm like, wow, wow, wow. Now, the key is to get players to utilize these concepts more, right? Because, you know, again, beautiful. you've seen the turf area out there. I mean, just fabulous, this open turf. And it's hard to get guys to go out there. But amazing when you put an obstacle course on the turf and they have to do it. They go to the turf. And then this is the fun one. A lot of guys think about, you've seen the pool there, right? I mean, this yeah. is the, the brilliance of the indoor-outdoor and the, the breeze. And I can't even imagine what that's going to be like in December, January when it's 75. I mean, I, I've not seen anything like that. But a lot of NBA players do not like going in pools. They didn't grow up at the country club, right? They did not grow up around pools, around lakes, um, oceans. So they're not familiar with water. The only thing they know is like pool walking and pool recovery. So I'm thinking, how do I get athletes in the recovery mode, right? We're trying to teach them how to literally unwind and come down from this workout. So I'm talking to my staff and I'm like, you know what? Massive floaties, massive floaties. If we get seven, eight, nine, ten 10 athletes together floating on the water, and then we put, you know, whatever, some recovery music in the background. You can literally take them from this high beta mode, you know, all the way down, you know, through alpha into theta. And these guys, I've had some go to sleep in there on the on the floaty. We make sure we buy them. And, right, right. and then we also, but then, then my staff, right? They're just like, hey, what if we took another floaty and we put recovery drinks on it? We allowed it to go through the water Come on. and they could take the recovery drink and grab their electrolytes and drink. And then we're like, hey, what if we turned a sprinkler on? And so they had to go through the sprinkler and it was crazy how, here's mindset again, right? So they're on the floaties, they're all relaxing. And I said, turn the hose on guys. So we had the hose, they didn't even see the sprinkler. This beautiful, massive sprinkler comes on and it's doing, and guys are like, oh, oh, oh. I said, all right, wait a second. You're telling me this water took you out of the moment that much? And they're like, no. All right. <laughs> I mean, it was just, we had fun and probably the better thing beyond all of it 
they sit on these floaties, we leave and they talk and they relate, right? There's no phones. It's that time for them to connect together. Cause it's always like, how do you bring athletes together? They practice, they literally go on a hot tub, cold tub, um, you know, for a few minutes, they go sit by their locker, boom, 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 boom. They leave. And we say, how do we bring athletes together? Well, we warm them up on an obstacle course they have to do together. They go back to that same turf. There's yoga mats. They ground out there on this incredible turf. They go float. I mean, it's different every day. And I think that's part of it too, with this groundhog day thing of the same thing. They almost come in with that eagerness of like these, they're, they're young, right? These are just young guys. Sure. They're like, what's today? What's today? What do that's we have right. today? You keep them on edge just a little bit, right? Enough routine to have predictable outcome, but enough different that they're almost in that like excitement phase, yeah. right? And and I just got to say real quick, I love I love the emphasis on communication because like in, it's the middle of the fourth quarter, you can't text each other, right? Like you better be able, sure. you better be comfortable. And it's sometimes in the huddle, it's an uncomfortable conversation that needs to be had. But if you don't, if you don't trust the guy across from you, and if you aren't comfortable speaking to him in, in a way that, frankly, family speaks to each other, then then it's not going to work. I mean, that is, I, I think that's great. And that's something yeah. that people just don't think about that much. I, I, I think there's so much money pumping into the field that you just think you can fix all the problems with a graph or whatever. And a lot of times it boils down to simple communication, doesn't it? And interpersonal right. relations. Yes, absolutely. And then how do we create that? But I have to have to say this. This group in Orlando of players reminds me a lot of a young 04 Piston team. Really? Reminds me a lot. Yeah. Meaning there's a bunch of guys with chips on their shoulders, right? You think about it. Ben Wallace, chip on his shoulder. Rip Hamilton, chip, chance, chip. Yep. I mean, was chance ever booked? Yep. She came in. Lindsey Hunter, Mike James, Corliss Williamson, Eldon Campbell. You know, go down the list of that group. A lot of guys that just, but they were incredible at connecting and relating. And that's what I'm seeing here in Orlando is every one of them I could go up to, watch my staff, watch coaches. And this, when I say, oh, I don't just mean the players. I mean, I'm talking about from Coach Mosley to Jeff Weltman. Like, it so reminds me of that feeling. Part of the reason why I came here was the fact that I felt this, like, wow, wow, I know Jeff. I know John Hammond, obviously, a long time. Yep. And I got a chance to really investigate what's coming together in Orlando and I'm like, this is so close to the 03 version of Detroit of just mm. like guys that like want to do it. They want to learn. They want to grow. Um, they all connect. They all go out. I mean, we always said our Detroit teams were always we didn't back then. It's funny. We never had like these elaborate breakfasts, right? Like they, you didn't go down in the ballroom and or whatever in this this mammoth breakfast. Um, but what we did have is a guy by the name of Chauncey Billups and Tayshawn Prince that would invite any players. And we'd have 10 to 11 players in the hotel for breakfast or whatever was close, right, for breakfast. So it comes back to what or the you Coney, said. Or the Coney spot uh, down you, the road in, in Rochester. I've been there You before. got it. You got yeah. it. Nick, 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 Nick. spot. That I know Nick, absolutely. absolutely. Yep. That's yep. right. But it was about that. It was about connection, communication, relating right now you never know will it lead to a championship i i think it, it gives you the best chance for it it gives you the best chance now it's you know the piecing together of talent um you know coaches are doing an amazing job when i watch them uh, and again they're so open to hearing 
that the staff talk and communicate. So I relate again to my my time period. Yes, it was just me and Mike, but that relationship was open. I see it here. It's totally transparent and open. So very exciting times in Orlando. Arnie, this has been such a treat. I can't thank you enough for the time, for sharing. This has been awesome. Welcome to Orlando officially. Um, and we'll talk soon. We'll get this thing going soon, okay? Sounds great. Thank you. There he is, Arnie Kander. Jake, i here with you. It's been the Advent Health High Performance Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. 